Welcome to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. This is the show where newcomers and professionals alike come to learn more about stage lighting. And now your host, David Henry. Hey everybody, and welcome to this week's show. I don't know about you guys, but um, it got warm here all of a sudden. You know, we kind of had this uh, polar vortex in the past week, as they've been calling it here in the U.S., um, at least a lot of the Northeast, Midwest, um, and even South in the U.S., I'm even here in Nashville, it got pretty cold. Um, to think just a week ago, I think the low was 15 degrees, and now today, the high, and that's Fahrenheit, um, international folks, the high is like 70 yesterday, and it was amazing. Um, but anyways, getting off of that, we're here to learn about lighting today. And uh, today is free Q&A Tuesday. Questions are sent in to me via the contact form at learnstagelighting.com slash contact your questions about lighting, stage lighting that is, and we answer them here on the show. It's that simple. We've got a handful of questions today and some other exciting things to talk about. The first being that if you're new here, I want to get a guide into your hands to help you with your particular type of lighting. Now, how am I going to do that? Well, when you go to learnstagelighting.com slash quiz, that's learn stagelighting.com slash quiz, just like it sounds, or there's a link in the show notes. You'll get a little quiz there, and uh, it'll walk you through just asking what type of lighting you do, and it'll send you a free guide to help you get started with your lighting, no matter what the context. Awesome. Diving right into today's lighting news. Um, when I'm recording this, I record these um, a little bit less than a week ahead, or about a week ahead usually, and we've got the Super Bowl. For those who aren't familiar, I know my audience is quite international, and so the Super Bowl here in the U.S. is um, a sporting event, a football, American football event, um, that's kind of the championship of the year, and I, and I don't care for the game that much, um, but the halftime show is notoriously generally um, pretty amazing. The fact that they take this stuff in, and uh, they take all this gear, all this lighting, audio, staging, you know, video gear, all this stuff. They push it out onto the floor of the stadium in six minutes, and then they have a 16-minute show, and then they push it all off, and the football game comes back on. So it's it's pretty amazing um, in that um, in that context. And um, there's a couple things about it that I thought were really cool. Um, I liked this year. You know, I've I've seen this a number of different years. I've I've seen the Super Bowl um, about the past many years actually, and um, I really liked this year how. The lighting and, and the overall the visual effects and, and things like that were not overdone, meaning that for the average viewer, a lot of years for the Super Bowl, and I think this is a good lesson for us um, as we learn stage lighting and as we're you know beginners or intermediate or, or even professional users um, who listen to this show, but, but I think it's a great lesson because Sometimes people watch the show. Um, a lot of people, you know, the, the general public watches the show and they say, wow, those lighting effects were so cool. And as we know, as a lot of us know, when somebody says that, that probably means it was over the top if they were noticing the lighting in that way, you know? Um, whereas if people say, wow, that show was just incredible, the, they gripped the audience well, you know, everything seemed um, so, so flawless, blah, 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 then you realize the lighting was probably great but it wasn't necessarily over the top. And uh, I appreciate that. You know, I appreciate a show like, I, I just really felt like they weren't trying to show off the lighting, but they really just amplified what the folks were doing on stage, what the artists were doing. And, and that's what I always like to see um, in lighting. And I think it's a great lesson for all of us. So 
In the show notes, I'm going to link to two articles if you're interested in more about the Super Bowl. Um, two really great articles I found in the past few days that I think were, were super duper, really, really interesting. Okay. And, um, and there's, there's two of them. So the first one is um, called Bob Barnhart Lights the Super Bowl Halftime Show. It's all about the lighting because um, that's what we're all, we're all about here. He just talks through what fixtures he used, how he placed things, why he did the things he did. Um, and uh, it's, it's a really great way to, to kind of understand the behind the scenes of how this worked. Because I know a lot of people, myself included, and uh, lots of listeners of this podcast, when the, you see a big show like this, you wonder, how did they pull that off? And, and how can I learn a little bit from it, you know? And, and so there's a lot of really good stuff there. And then the second article, which actually I think um, is just as interesting, if not more, is called How the Super Bowl Halftime Show Gets Set Up in Just Six Minutes. And so um, the guy who designs and runs the live audio for the Super Bowl, I believe, um, Patrick Baltzell, has been doing it for the past 19 Super Bowls. And um, and he talks a lot about the different artists that have come through, about how they put things together, how they've learned to be efficient and make it work, um, how you know, how all that stuff works. They've, they, he puts it all together in an article and it's, it's really long and really, really interesting. Um, if you look at it on a desktop computer as well, there's more pictures it seems. And so, um, I I definitely recommend that there. I think it's um, really cool. Um, as for the actual, you know, the halftime show, um, I watch it for the tech, but, um, a lot of people said the artists were kind of blah, kind of whatever. Um, personally, I don't really watch it watching the artists that much. That's terrible to say, but it's kind of true. I'm not, you know, big Maroon 5 fan or Big Boy or anything like that, any of those. Um, I just remember um, some singles from, you know, 10 to 15 years ago that Maroon 5 had. Um, and so I'm not really going to comment on that, you know. I, I think they were okay. I don't think they blew anybody out of the water or anything like that. But you know what? It was a good show. I thought it was. I thought it was well put together. I thought it was interesting. I like the staging. I like the handoffs between performers. I like the lighting. And so I hope you check it out. Um, actually, I'll go find a link as well on YouTube. I'm sure it's on there. And uh, a link to the actual halftime show, because especially if you're outside of the U.S., um, you, you may not have seen it and you may want to. It's only about 15 minutes, so totally worth your time to check it out. You know, watch the production elements and enjoy it. OK, so, yep, it is here on YouTube. We'll, we'll make sure we link to that. All right. So today, our main segment is all about getting into your questions okay and answering them and um and so i I get questions again through learnstagelighting.com slash contacts slash contact rather we'll have a link of course in the show notes and um i answer them here so today we've only got a couple questions but that's okay because i don't know about you guys but um this january you know it's now february but january into february it's been it's been it's been tough for me it's been busy um, and some unexpected things have come up, including this past week that um, have taken up a lot of my time. And so I'm just really glad to be back here. And I've got a few great questions today. So Elaine writes in and said, what lights would you recommend using on a budget to illuminate a worship band on stage? We're trying to avoid high wattage lamps due to heat and energy needs. However, LEDs for that use seem to be very expensive. Yes, currently we are using DMX controlled moving lights for this, but they emit too much glare when trying to record a live video. Uh, Wanted to replace these motion lights with fixed lights to be used only for the band. Hope you can help me figure this out. 
Your videos have been helpful. I just bought DMXs, so I need to learn that as well. Their plan is to incorporate that with Ableton Live, also a new project coming soon. All right. So, Elaine, there's there's a, and it's A-L-A-I-N. Um, I think that's, is that the Canadian name? No, it might be Spanish. I don't know. Um, I apologize if I don't spell it well, but um, there's a few things going on here with your lighting, and there's a lot of details I don't have, so I'm going to answer it the absolute best that I can, but I have limited information, and that's okay. You know, this is just, um, this, this is not, um, you know, this is a podcast, so I'm talking to you, and, and I only have uh, so much time to answer your question, but if you do want more help, um, our sponsor here, Learn Stage Lighting Labs, is a great place to go and get that. So, as you've noticed, um, LEDs that make white that look really nice are also pretty expensive. And especially for church worship, I'm not in the camp that says it has to be LED all the time yet. Because at the end of the day, um, and I know I've said this here before, if you're going to use these lights only 8, 10 hours a week, maybe even 12 hours, then it's not that big of a deal on your energy costs, especially if, you know, half the year it's cold outside and they just help heat the room. Um, and you're not going to be replacing the bulbs that often either. You know, for a lot of situations, um, you know, if you've got a light that's in a public space where where it's on, you know, 18 hours a day, it's like, oh, duh, it totally makes sense to use LED. But say you use this light, um, you know, we're thinking about incandescent versus LED, for 12 hours a week at 52 weeks a year, that's only 600 hours, and the bulb should last 2,000. And if you run it at about 90%, you'll probably get more time out of it. So that means every four years, you'd replace the, the light bulbs, the lamps in them. And, you know, truth be told, that's not that much of a burden. So what I would probably recommend to you is getting the the brightest thing that makes sense for your room. And again, I don't know that because I don't have dimensions and that kind of stuff. Um, and, and use those for your white front wash, okay? And and I know that a lot of people, especially those who sell lights, um, you know, want to move away from LED with new installations and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, if you're on a budget and you're not using these things for that long during the week, then I don't see any need to use LED yet, you know, hopefully the price will keep coming down, the quality will keep going up, and it'll be a no-brainer soon enough, but right now it's not a no-brainer. Now, you're talking about glare when recording live video, and when you talk about glare, um, I'm not sure that an LED is going to fix it, okay? So what I need you to do is figure out what that glare is. Is it just overexposed on the camera? Is there some spots that are too bright and some that are too dark? Or is the angle of the light compared to the angle of the the camera too shallow and maybe you're getting some glass, some glare on people's glasses or things like that? So when you say glare, um, I'm not sure what you're talking about. But at at the end of the day, Elaine, um, just to to answer this for you, kind of wrap it up in a bow, um, you can go LED, but but don't cheap out and don't get something that's color mixing when you need a nice front light for um, an even wash. You know, look at some look at some conventional par cans and see if those with some dimmers can help you um, uh, make this happen within your budget. Also, look at the stuff um, from Chave DJ. They've had some really great stuff 
over the last few years that they've put out some lower priced LEDs and and maybe one of those is going to be bright for you. I'm not sure. I don't have a lot of info here, but um, don't feel like you have to go LED. But also this glare topic, um, you know, I've used moving lights for front washes. And so and, and you can a light is a light to an extent. So I'm curious what this glare is you're talking about. Is it that the light's too sharp and it it kind of um, does glare off foreheads a little more? Um, is it that the wash is uneven? Is it, you know, the, the things I talked about before? Um, so that's definitely a question there. Is the angle just bad? Because um, that could be it, that the angle's bad. So uh, at the end of the day, you do want to get your moving lights, um, obviously, um, used for actual movement. But at the end of the day, um, I want you to get what you need. So if you do have more questions, if you want more help, um, I, I hope I can be more helpful, but certainly um, check out Learn Stage Lighting Labs, especially because you're buying things. Um, you know, hopping in there for, you know, say a quarter, you know, at just $80, and you, you could save yourself hundreds of dollars in um, mistaken purchases, and uh, I really think it'll help you out a lot. Plus, there's a complete action plan in there, among other things, called Lighting for Video, which is going to help you create a great setup of lighting for video without spending a ton of money and perhaps even using what you already have. So check out Learn Stage Lighting Labs. It's at learnstagelighting.com slash labs. But even if you don't join, um, certainly, you know, the, uh, the answer here, I hope, will help you. Stu writes in and says, oh, great. I'm using DMXs to run lights from Ableton at the moment. Okay, great. To tighten setup time, um... You've purchased a Symantec U-Track 24, which allows you to play multi-track and send MIDI from a USB stick. Um, but you're kind of stuck on how to send MIDI interface to the DMX's interface correctly, or even if it can be done at all. Okay, so um, so what you're looking to do, basically, and I'm going to just look up this device so I have a little more info, is you're looking to send out MIDI signal on... Um, control channels 15 and 16 to control your DMX's presets, okay? So looking at this device, and it's loading right now, but I'll, I'll have it in a minute, um, it's going to output MIDI somehow. Probably, I'm guessing, well, that website didn't work. Their website seems to be down right now. But I'll look at uh, another, somebody who's selling it. And so it's going to send MIDI out. Yeah, it's going to send MIDI out as a 5-pin MIDI. And maybe as USB, but I don't know. Okay, so with that 5-pin mini, all you've got to do to get into DMXs is you're just going to want to get, I mean, I'm guessing that the MIDI is not through USB. It's only through the 5-pin MIDI port. You'll want to just get a USB to MIDI interface. There's a lot of those out there. They're pretty inexpensive. And then that's going to allow you to bring that MIDI into the computer. You'll select that USB MIDI interface inside of DMXs and, and, and set it up as the MIDI interface that you're using. And then you should be able from there to send those control channel messages. Okay, so um, the CC messages, look in the DMXs manual for the exact messages you need to send. And then you'll send that out of the unit you've got through a 5-pin MIDI cable to the USB to MIDI cable into your computer, which will then drop, bring it into the MXs if you set it up how I just recommended. And then um, those uh, channels 15 and 16 should and will trigger your banks and presets. Dante wrote in, 
and says, I'm a big fan of all your YouTube videos. Thank you for those. I've recently tried to use Luminaire on an iPad through a DMX and a regular router. I'm guessing you're saying a Shave DMX AM. I'm just going to correct this here and into a regular router. After watching my video of trying to program, um, you're having a world of time. Can't figure it out based off your video and how to hook it up and make the adjustments. Please help me. Uh, so I'll do the best I can. Um, again, for you know, fully personalized help, um, I only have so much time to help people, so I answer questions here on the show. And then if you would like deeper, more personalized help, um, check out Learn Stage Lighting Labs at learnstagelighting.com slash labs. But so you've got Luminaire. Um, so basically what you need to do is there's a couple things going on. You need to go into Luminaire, and the first thing you need to do is check your ArtNet settings, okay? I believe Luminaire only sends out ArtNet, not ACN. So you'll set it up to send out ArtNet. Um, you may need to set the IP address, and you also um, will need to set what universe you're sending, probably. Um, actually, let's go over here to the old YouTube. Um, Luminaire Art. Because the reason I'm, I'm looking at YouTube is I know that there's some videos for controlling a uh, luminaire with a um, with other products. And so, yeah, if I literally search up uh, luminaire artnet, there's um, some videos here from Cersei who who sells this stuff a lot. And um, so, I think this video will have the issues. It it um I really I. I you know, I always I like to tell people to check out my videos, but at the same time, this video from Cersei um, does have a lot of the info in it that you'll probably need. And so, and I don't have a video of Luminaire. Uh, I don't generally recommend Luminaire. It's it's okay, but I don't like trusting in tablets um, because they can have issues. And so they they talk about setting it up with an NTEC node, but um, the process that they use is going to really be the same if you've got the Shave DMXAN, okay? And so the Shave DMXAN, then you're just going to set up for ArtNet and you're going to match up the universe settings, um, just like they talk you through in the video that I linked to. And um, that should hopefully get you in a better direction. But if you are continuing to have trouble, um, you know, again, like everybody else, I say, um, Learn Stage Lady Labs is a really great value. Um, rather than bang your head against the wall trying to figure it out, you could uh, join us and then be able to get all that info um, on there. Frank says, I've reviewed your site and would like to ask a question referencing wired and wireless DMX. Can you have a wireless DMX transceiver, um, such as the City Theatrical Show Baby, in transmit mode to send DMX to another receiver in receiver mode? then hardwire and daisy chain other fixtures um, in the receiver mode. So you'd be using a computer running DMX software to USB um, via DMXs. DMX is um, plugged in to a show baby and then a receiver with DMX cable out to different fixtures. Um, fixtures are RGB LED tape with a DMX decoder and with a battery power supply. How reliable would this be? So, um, applications for indoor percussion shows. So yeah, Frank, um, it's likely to, so yes, the answer is yes. <laughs> but no, seriously. Um, so when you're working with wireless DMX, the, the handy thing about it is it's, it's just like wired DMX, except it's wireless. And you might be saying, well, duh, David, but there's no like, um, 
when when you hook up a wireless DMX, all the data for that DMX universe, all the data that comes out of DMX is, is going to get passed over wireless um, through the show babies. So, yeah, you can come out of a show baby. You can daisy chain as many fixtures as you want. Well, up to 32 without a DMX splitter. But you can, if, if there's DMX data coming out of DMXs for the fixture, you can plug it into the show baby. You can daisy chain. It's just like coming straight out of the DMX's box. There's just a wireless bridge, per se, to get there. So you can totally do that, Frank. Um, and then how reliable would this be? Now, reliability is going to come down to a couple things, Okay. When you're working with wireless DMX, especially, um, you know, less expensive units like this show baby is, there's Chave units, there's lots of people make um, less expensive units, and then there's really more expensive stuff that costs a lot more. But when you're working with less expensive units, it's going to generally work on the Wi-Fi 2.4 gigahertz spectrum, okay? And it's generally quite reliable. However, there may be times where you get to a specific venue, maybe you come into a school, and whoever did their wireless setup, and I've seen this in different buildings um, before, whoever did it um, didn't do a great job. And what I mean by that is they set up wireless access points for wireless internet all over the school, let's say, and they put them all on different channels and they blast them out at full power. So they're overlapping all over the place. That's not how you're supposed to do it. But it's something I've seen sometimes in buildings, especially where things get... Um, where things get awarded to the lowest bidder, which I believe schools have to do anyways. So if they don't know any better or the tech department at the school doesn't fix it, you know, all of a sudden you've got all these wireless um, access points that are very powerful within the area of the gym. You know, there might be a number of them in that gym because it's a big space with a lot of people and they're all broadcasting at full power. Well, if they're doing that and they're using every channel of the Wi-Fi spectrum, then it doesn't matter what whose wireless DMX system you use, it probably won't be reliable, okay? Um, now, when it comes to it, the closer you are together, the more likely it is to be reliable. You can change channels, and that can help. But at the end of the day, um, when you're working with wireless DMX, you can't promise 100% reliability unless you have um, control and the ability to work with the venues you're going in to do frequency coordination. Now, I know because um, because I've been there, you know, and I know kind of the, the type of situation you're dealing with, you're not going to be able to coordinate frequencies with people, you know. You might be able to open an app on your phone, scan, see what frequencies are open, change your show babies to that, and, and then when you roll them out, you know, hopefully be good. But I would, I would look at actually, um, because you're doing... LED tape, I would look at a brand called RC4, okay? Why RC4? Well, RC4 is a brand that actually has some units. Um, you know, yeah, they're hair more expensive than show babies, but they've got units that, and they're at theaterwireless.com, we'll make sure we link to it, um, that actually drive LED tape directly. So they bring in the wireless DMX and they drive the LED tape directly. So they have the DMX decoder actually built in. Um, and so that's something to look at. I'll make sure I link to their site at theaterwireless, theaterwireless.com, sorry, in the show notes. But they've got some cool stuff. And they also, they have um, a brand called RC4 Magic, which I think is kind of their, their lower cost um, unit. And they have a 900 megahertz model. And I really recommend checking that out. 
or going up to um, if they have five gigahertz stuff. Um, they might not, but um, because the two point four gigahertz band, just if you know anything about it, it's it's a rough place to be for wireless um, because it's where Wi Fi is and. The Wi-Fi channels that operate in the 2.4 gigahertz band, there's 12 of them, but when you operate in one channel, you take up the two channels beside it. So the 12 all of a sudden becomes like four, you know, and that's not a lot of channels for different things broadcasting on in, in that wireless space. So I really recommend um, checking out RC4. They've got some really cool stuff there. I think they've got even some... some um, ones that you can go ahead and plug LED tape direct into, which could help. But I would definitely look at their 900 megahertz stuff. Um, and, um, you know, even their 2.4 stuff's good. But I'd really recommend, especially for what you're doing, because you don't have control and you don't have the ability to um, to figure out, you know, always what the what's open wirelessly or or coordinate your frequencies. I'd really recommend checking out RC4 and checking that 900 megahertz stuff out um, because it's a great wireless frequency where Wi-Fi isn't. So, um, you know, things tend to work a lot better. So definitely check that out. Um, it's it's not, you know, when you think about the cost of the DMX decoder in there um, and everything, it's not crazily more expensive than Showbaby. It's really not. And uh, the, just the fact that you're going to get the ability to uh, to be out of that 2.4 gigahertz range is huge. All right. So thanks for writing in, Frank, and everybody else who wrote in today. Show notes are going to be found at learnstagelighting.com slash 053, because this is episode 53. Remember, if you want to send in questions for our next Q&A show, which will be in two weeks, go to learnstagelighting.com slash contact, fill out the form, and it'll send that question right to me. Um, and soon we might have a little... A microphone coming in where you can uh, say your question, though it worries me a little bit um, for uh, non-native English speakers talking English to me. Um, that can be um, a little bit um, tough to understand sometimes, but we, we might try that. Um, either way, um, if you're new here, head to learnstagelighting.com slash quiz, and um, I want to send you a free guide to get you started with lighting. If you've listened this far, um, you definitely want to get that free guide because I know you're interested in lighting. And then next week, what are we talking about last next week? Well, let's find out. So next week, we're going to be talking about... Okay, this is a great one that comes up from time to time. We're going to be talking about how do I run my lighting from stage, okay? So if you want to run your lights off of the stage, um, we're going to talk about how to do that next week. All right, guys, have a great week. Enjoy your week. Um, enjoy working with lighting be safe and I can't wait to see you back here bye and that's it for today's show thank you for listening to the learn stage lighting podcast be sure to visit us at learnstagelighting.com to see show notes past episodes and download a free guide on how to begin with lighting in your specific context I'll see you guys on the site thanks thanks